And welcome in. It's another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. This is uh, going to be a different one. This is kind of a special bonus podcast on the 20th anniversary of the tragedy that happened on 9-11 20 years ago, uh, the September 11th terrorist attacks on the United States. And everybody has a I-remember-where-I-was story. And certainly I do as well. Uh, My story is that I was living in Chicago and working for Sporting News Radio at the time. Uh, I was the nighttime anchor, so... I got off duty, I don't remember the exact time, but I think I got home at probably right around 2 or 3 in the morning. So that means that I was supposed to be able to sleep until about, I don't know, noon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon before beginning my day. Well, obviously, that didn't happen. We were a national network based out of Chicago, and my apartment, you have to understand, was positioned where if I walked out of my 14th floor balcony and looked to the left, there was the Sears Tower, or whatever they're calling it now. I don't even I don't even think it's called Willis Tower anymore. But you you know the and and the Hancock Tower is right there as well. That's to my left. To my right is O'Hare Airport, and there was a fog of war where. You didn't know what was going to happen next. You get the report of the first plane hitting the tower. And then, obviously, the second plane hitting the tower. And then there was no doubt about it. The first plane hitting the tower, it was, was this a terrorist attack or was this an accident? We don't know. We don't want to speculate anything that would cast aspersions on someone that didn't deserve to have those aspersions cast upon them i mean that's not fair we don't do that that went out the window when the second tower in new york city was hit then it was all right this is what's happening and we don't know what's next we hear about the pentagon and then we hear about other planes that are still not accounted for most famously obviously the one that crashed in shanksville pennsylvania that according to Uh, experts was headed toward the U.S. Capitol. So they wanted to attack New York City. They wanted to attack Washington, D.C., but the heroes that brought down the plane uh, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, did not allow the Capitol building to be hit. But you didn't know what else was out there. You didn't know who else was a target. Was my city a target? Was the world's largest building, or at least North America's largest building, just over to my left, was that going to be next from the airport that's right to my right? And I'm in the middle of it all. Obviously, Chicago was not a target. Obviously, Chicago was not hit. And personally, I was grateful for that. But just as a nation, it was the most jarring day in probably our history I would say ever, but the most jarring day in our history, certainly since Pearl Harbor was attacked in December of 1941. We were under attack. Uh, And, you know, when Pearl Harbor was attacked, that threw us into World War II. I had a news background, albeit I was uh, a news reporter years and years prior to 2001, But I did have a news background, and that was what my 
program director, uh, Mark Jenskow, remembered when he called me later that morning after I had been alerted to, hey, turn on the television. What station? Any of them. So I knew what was going on. Everybody knew what was going on. And he asked me, you've done news in the past, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I need you to host with Rick Ballou for the next week. Okay. So that's what I did. I just came in and tried to give an analytical perspective as best as I could. It was a crash course for all of us. Nobody had heard of Al-Qaeda before 9-11, 20 years ago. Many of us had heard of Osama bin Laden, but we just didn't really have any context as to who Osama bin Laden really was. We remember the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. I remember because I was in New York City near the World Trade Center about a year later. Remarking about, you know, there's a bomb that went off in this garage underneath these two buildings. And these buildings held. And that's that's pretty remarkable. I remember remarking about that. And then just a few years later, of course, we all know what happened. And that threw us into a 20-year war. Everybody has a story like that. Some were, Some people were in class. Some people were at work. Some people were driving and they didn't know anything about anything until because maybe they had the radio off and they were just on a road trip and, you know, people were walking around in a fog for pretty much the better part of a week or so. And I also remember living as close to O'Hare Airport as I did, you get used to the sound of planes. It just becomes the background noise. And it was so deathly silent in the immediacy of 9-11. And in the apartment building that I lived in, there were a remarkable number of pilots and flight attendants and technicians that lived there. So many people that lived in my building also worked at O'Hare Airport, and they were all shell-shocked as well for obvious reasons. Before 9-11, remember, you could go up to the gate if you were seeing someone off or meeting somebody at the airport. You could go through security without a ticket. You didn't have to take your shoes off. You didn't have to take your belt off. You just went through the metal detector, and you know what? doesn't matter if you have a ticket or not. You can go right up to the gate. And there's a whole generation of travelers that don't remember that. My niece was born a little bit more than a month after 9-11. She's lived her entire life, and she's now an adult. She's in college. She's lived her entire life in a post 9-11 world. Everybody, like I said, you have a story about that if you're listening. I have my story. But there are also some pretty unique stories as well, and this being mostly a sports podcast. David Stearns, president of baseball operations for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's got a unique story because he was in Manhattan as a high school student on the morning of September 11th, 2001. It was a very, um, very surreal day, um, scary day, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, shapes again a part of, a part of who you are when you go through something like that. Um, but certainly very proud of, of the way New York responded and was able to bounce back. How close were you to that? How close was your high school? My high school was uh, farther north, probably about five miles north of in Manhattan, north of where the the towers were. Um, but it, it the the experience was um, felt very close because the the plume of smoke and debris 
um, really hovered over Manhattan for days and the smell of burning um, that accompanied the towers falling um, was prevalent for for certainly a number of days uh, as you were walking around the city. So I think anyone who um, experienced that either in New York or D.C., um, or, or frankly, just watching on TV, um, it, it certainly leaves a lasting impression. Brewers president of baseball operations, David Stearns, a high school student in New York City on 9-11 20 years ago. Now, on the other coast was now Badgers head football coach Paul Christ. He was an assistant coach for the San Diego Chargers at the time, and he has another different unique perspective on what happened that day you know we were on the west coast and you know we were getting ready we had a incredibly early by week that that week so but i remember driving in and and uh you know on the drive in we'd go by a, a naval base and you know was going in early and and something was off you know, there's usually was very little traffic and and then the base, you could see it was, you know, cars backed up, backed up even onto the interstate. And and so, um, you know, when I got into the office, realized, you know, kind of what was happening. And it certainly impacted so many people differently. But yet I would, I think it'd be fair to say that we all were impacted on it, you know, that day. And, and I think really the day was more, for me, it was more... Uh, you were trying to process it all. I don't know if I took it all in and, and understood it. And then as, as time went on, it was, it was, it was scary. You know, you didn't know what, what all was going on or what was kind of the ramifications from it. And, uh, but it did, you did find yourself touching base with those you, you love and care about. And then, you know, kind of as you go on, you, you realize there was some, some people that, you know, I had known and coached that were victims in it. And and I thought it was really interesting when we went back and, and had the opportunity to play in the pinstripe bowl. And, you know, my kids uh, were really young and much like a lot of our players. And yet when we, we had the opportunity to go to ground zero and, uh, you know, how many years afterwards and, and really there weren't many players or my own kids that, had vivid memories of it, but how, you know, that impacted them. And so it's, um, we all probably know exactly where we were at. You know, a lot of times I think it's probably hard to recall emotions, you know, that you felt certainly a long time ago, but but not for me on that one. Badgers head football coach Paul Christ on 9-11 20 years ago. Five years ago, I had the opportunity to visit the World Trade Center site, the reflecting pools went through the museum, which, by the way, if you're ever in New York City, I would say if you're an American, you have to go through this museum and learn what happened on that day 20 years ago. I think it's your duty as an American. I think it's your duty as a citizen of the world to go visit the 9-11 Museum in New York City. Again, five years ago. I had a chance to visit the site of the World Trade Center, and uh, I filed this report for WTMJ Radio. As you approach, the first thing that you hear is the water. 
15 years after the most horrific act of terror on civilians in American history, what was once known as Ground Zero is now a place of contemplation. Brings it home again. The waterfalls at the footprints of the Twin Towers in Manhattan, intentionally designed to drown out the sounds of one of the busiest cities in the world. As a veteran, it's very humbling um, to see the names. I remember where I was, seeing the towers come down in uniform. That's Madison's Ryan Hudson, who served in the National Guard and was deployed to Iraq in the aftermath of 9-11, visiting the World Trade Center site earlier this week. He remembers that day 15 years ago well. I was actually in my office at the headquarters for the National Guard in Madison at my office, and all of a sudden there was some buzz going around, everybody ran to TVs, and that's where I saw it. So. How has life changed in the, in the last 15 years for you? Having been deployed uh, to Iraq, served over there, come home, and now, yeah, readjusting to life, and then also looking looking at what we used to take for granted in traveling, and then our children will never know that. Standing here almost 15 years to the day after the 9-11 tragedy, one thing that you're struck by are the names. The names go on and on forever. I'm standing in front of Andrew H. Golkin, John Paul Bochy, Robert Douglas, Joseph E. McDonald. Cesar Amaranto Alviar, Tariq Amanula, Joseph Amatuccio. Another thing that I'm struck by is how immaculate this memorial is. The entire park is absolutely spotless, and it's not by accident. My duties every morning is to come out to make sure the panel is clean. That's Brooklyn's Dwayne Robbins, part of the 9-11 memorial maintenance crew. His first job every morning is to make sure that every name on the memorial is absolutely spotless. It's a job that means a lot more to him than just his daily work. To me, it's an honor because it's not just about my job and my money. It's about these people. They sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice. At the 9-11 Memorial Museum in New York City, Doug Russell, WTMJ News. Again, everybody's got their story, if you were around for it. It was life-altering for so many people in the world. It was something that changed the way that we look at everything, including sports. You remember when sports did come back, it was something that healed. It was something that we all needed. It was cathartic. It was, all right, This you know, nothing seems normal anymore, but at least baseball is still nine innings. Football is still four quarters, and we're just happy to have something to smile at again as we try to work through all of our feelings and so many people who were lost in that tragedy. So anyway, uh, again, bonus show, completely different from anything else we've ever done on this podcast, but I did want to bring that to you today, marking the occasion of the uh, 20-year anniversary of the worst terrorist attack on American soil. And again, if you get the chance, if you're in New York City, you absolutely have to go to the 9-11 Museum. We'll give you a helpful hint. Order your tickets early, because if not, you're going to be waiting online for about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. Otherwise, you get your tickets online, you can just show them on your phone, and then walk right in, and you don't have to deal with the line. So if you are going to New York City, just a helpful hint from your friend Doug. 
All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast, special bonus edition of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. And what I developed this podcast for was sometimes just a way to communicate, a way to talk. And sometimes if you just have a story to tell, a podcast is a great way to tell it, I suppose. But we'll be back on Monday. We'll talk some sports on Monday. We'll have uh, certainly a Badgers game to talk about and a Packers game to talk about and whatever else happens in the world of sports between now and then right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.